Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. Hey, I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. And uh, as we pay tribute to those who have uh, died in their service for our country, and we do uh, acknowledge during Memorial Day that uh, we stand on their shoulders and America's freedom for all the problems this country has, we have a country worthy of uh, standing up for and fighting for and even dying for. So uh, after Memorial Day, uh, we hope we can get this nation together. We've been torn up. And we're going to talk about the election today, the GOP primaries, how, how they're stacking up, and what's it look like for the fall. So we're going to get into that. But before we do... We have to talk about just a minute and take a moment for, uh, and just say what happened in Texas. Uh, there is just, you know, just as a parent and as a human, what happened in Uvalde, Texas, with the shooting up of the elementary school and 19 children gone, two, two adult uh, teachers. Uh, it was summed up, I think, it just... Uh, Mr. Cazares was saying that uh, they're all gone now. His daughter and all her little best friends were killed too. Not even 10 years old, I don't believe. Uh, it's just astonishing horror. And to know that uh, like uh, Mr. Cazares drove his daughter to school t on that Tuesday said she had an award ceremony that morning and 90 minutes later they got the call that an active shooter was in the school uh, unbelievable horror and so our heart goes out to those in Texas those who've lost loved ones and all America suffers we've lost another ounce of uh, human humanness and how do people, how can an 18-year-old shoot to kill seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds in an elementary school? Well, I, number one, we have got to get God back in America. I'll just say that. You can talk about getting rid of guns or sh locking up all guns, and and we can look at. Uh, maybe we need to seriously look at some how people get that when he, he bought the guns when he just turned 18 and I opposed to look at to see if there's things we can do like Florida did you know, keeping people from uh, buying guns that are 21 I don't know if that's what this nation needs but I'm not opposed to looking at things but I do know I am for getting God back in America 
and I don't care, and you, you can hate me for it, but I'm telling you, we are trying to live in a society as if God does not exist. And you see times like this, we need God. We need God every day. People think, hey, we're a rich country. We don't need God. We need God. And we don't need to defund the police. We do not need to defund the police. Where are all the people who want to defund the police? What happened in the tragedy in Texas last week? It is sad. It's horrible. And it's all Americans need to think, where do we start? My number one place to start is let's get God back into America. Even those who hate God, don't try to stop it. We need God back in America. We need him in our schools. We need God in our, uh, we need him in our churches. People go, oh, we got churches. Well, I think a lot of churches may have just forgotten about why they're meeting. We had a government shutting down churches during COVID, even with the uh, uh, First Amendment, and proud to do so. Proud, government officials proud to shut down worship services. Wow. Okay. Yes, <laughs> we do need God in America. That's the number one, my number one response from the tragedy of Texas and shooting up the elementary school, killing, murdering children point blank and of course the the killer was uh killed and we'll never know what was going through his mind but we need god back in america people need to know there's a heaven and there's a hell there's nothing sh ashamed to tell people there is a heaven and a hell now where do we go for elections? Let's let's look at this is a midterm election. There's a change course right here, and let's talk about elections and what's happening so far. Well, first up, let's look at the Pennsylvania Senate race for the GOP nomination, and it was between a, a got between a they thought a three-way race, and it was with Kathy Barnett had come on strong at the end with very little financial support. But tens of millions of dollars were poured in for Dr. Oz and uh, Mr. McCormick. And as it stands, through all the voting, over a million votes, and, and, and it looks like Dr. Oz has got a 900-vote lead, which would make him the nominee. And they will have an automatic recount because it's uh, less than a percent. So at this, as it stands now, it looks like Dr. Trump... <laughs> Dr. Trump. Uh, maybe we can call him Dr. Trump. But Donald Trump backed Dr. Oz, and it may have been just enough to get him into the uh, general election. We'll wait and see. We're having to take a sort of sit back and look at that. But now look at the state of Georgia. What happened in the state of Georgia? Well, we know that Brian Kemp, and, and as much as was said about the way he conducted himself during the 2020 election, he he won the GOP nomination, and 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 uh, Trump worked hard against him. Got a uh, former senator Purdue to come in and run against him in the GOP primary, and uh, a lot of people thought with Trump backing uh, Purdue that uh, Kemp would be blown away or would be beat. But Kemp really won in a landslide. So you can look at Trump 
pushing candidates to win, just like we talked about. It looks like Dr. Oz has won and, and other candidates. But uh, it's not a sure thing to have Trump pushing you. But it's a very it's a very good thing if you're a Republican candidate. But evidently, people in Georgia did like Brian Kemp, or at least they knew he'd beat Stacey Abrams once. And it looks like it'll be a nasty, expensive race in the state of Georgia for governor coming up. And uh, I don't know if you saw her, um, Stacey Abrams. Uh, she she said that Georgia was the worst state in the nation you wouldn't want to live in georgia that's how bad georgia was well maybe that made a lot of people in mississippi happy to hear that but and stacy abrams came from jackson mississippi and yet she said georgia was a much worse place to live evidently and that didn't sit real good for a lot of uh, georgia voters and a lot of georgia citizens and i think she had to backtrack some on that or better explain it but it looks like there is going to be a hot expensive a nasty political campaign for the general election who's going to be the next governor and it's a repeat between Stacey Abrams as a Democrat and Brian Kemp as the Republican so those are a couple of things that I mean look at the GOP primaries and we wondered what would happen in Georgia we wondered if Trump would have a big effect in Georgia and it was not enough to get his candidate uh, uh, former Senator Purdue into the uh, into the general election so brian kemp hung on there in georgia there are a lot of things that we're looking at and as far as um there's a big race that people don't like the former governor uh greetings uh in missouri and and now he's up in the new polls uh for upcoming missouri primary there's a lot of establishment republicans do not want him in there in fact, uh, it came out that some of the things that he was accused of were pushed on by people uh, within the party that didn't didn't like him. So there's something we look at in Missouri when that election comes up. Uh, one of the things that we look at uh, also in the different races in the state of Michigan. It's sad but true as we do this report. In the state of Michigan, two of the top contenders, a a uh, self-made billionaire and the former police chief there of uh, Detroit. He's African-American running as uh, to be a, the GOP uh, nominee for governor in the state of Michigan. But both of them and three other candidates were disqualified. Why? Because there was an operative who was, they got, I think you have to get 15,000 verified signatures to run for governor in the state of Michigan. So they hired some people. It's not un, that that's most people do that. Hired uh, some people to go out and get signature, collect signatures so they could run. And that this guy also works for some Democrats, evidently. And they got the fifteen thousand signatures, but found out a whole bunch of them were uh, false, fraudulent signatures. And it was after the deadline. And now the top contenders for the GOP nomination for governor in the state of michigan uh the top contenders have been knocked out because of fraudulent signatures on their uh petition to run for governor and so i, I don't know if there can be a lawsuit on that i don't think look into it but that's what's up with the state of michigan and uh, and what happened with uh, uh you know what was going to be a good 
the primary race and now it's uh quite a few to nom- the people who sought the gop nomination for governor in um, michigan will not be running so that is sort of odd and i know people will look into that and in just a moment we're going to look at some of the uh what we would call the house races and and can the republicans re regain control of the house of representatives there in washington dc so we're going to look at that in just a moment. First, let me remind you, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we're glad uh, to be uh, giving you this information about the election, what's going on in the primary as we uh, gear up for the, a general election that the Republicans right now look like they are in uh, good shape to try to take the House back and possibly the Senate. But there's a long time between now and November, and there's people talking about, well, look at the stock market. What's it What's it going to do? And is it bottoms out? Because uh, it's been a horrible year for the stock market. People think, well, it can't get any worse. Well, it could, but what if it does bottom out, and then stock's going back up, and, and people say, oh, we're not going to have a recession. Well, maybe get in a recession, and then we start coming back out. And that's what would help the Democrats if we had the economy looking like it's uh, on on the move. And you better believe the media, if there's any econo- any bit of the economy on the move, they'll be praising it and acting like we have got the best economy since Donald Trump. So if they won't say Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, we, we do have here at uh, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. There's a book called Bedrock Truth. We'd love to get that book out to you. You can order that book by going to www.docholliday.org. Holiday of two L's in it. And I wrote that book, Bedrock Truths, along with Dr. Alveda King and Dr. Alex McFarland. So once again, you can go to the website, www.docholliday.org. with two L's in Holiday. And now let's uh, let's look at what's uh, crystallizing in the election. Here's an article that uh, comes uh, out, out from Roll Call, and the title is House Update, Nine Races Move Toward the GOP and Only One the Other Way. And it's talking about that in California, Orange County is looking like a potential problem for Democrats. Well, used to Orange County, this is Ronald Reagan country, it was always strong for Republicans. But the Republicans lost in the last election, in the last couple, I believe, in Orange County, California. But uh, but right now they're saying it could snap back to the GOP. Uh, the, the the Democrat representative there, Katie Porter, said she won't lose for a lack of campaign funds. She's she's this is for a House race. She has seventeen point eight million dollars at the end of March. But. <laughs> Like they said, sometimes in a in an environment where Joe Biden is uh, just just dropping his political uh, points and just dropping down, people do not like Joe Biden. Even many Democrats don't like him, and said she's probably in a political problem that money can't fix. And so that there's a that's just one of the places they're looking at that it's, the Democrats are in trouble. And they and they talked about. One who one of the most conservative and outspoken, and and you like what she says. She has the guts to say a lot of tough things. But Lauren Bobart, Bobert, there in Colorado, is uh 
you know, there's a chance she might lose her primary election. But they say if she loses her primary election, then the Republicans will have an even better chance of holding her third district there in the state of Colorado. So it's, uh, you know, these are things that when you could lose, when a re Republican incumbent can lose and strengthen the ticket, if she does, then it just shows you the difficulty that the Democrats are in. And let's look at some other places. And there's a, uh, the House Democrat, uh, you know, uh, in, in different places uh, uh, in the state of Georgia. There, there's some uh, going back and forth about who can win. But the Democrats that um, are in solid places where they won in the state of Georgia, and we know that there's some solid Democratic areas in Georgia, but some of them have been moving just slightly from solid Democrat to likely Democrat by some of the pundits. So that, that again, is putting more pressure on Democrats to raise more money to try to keep the seats they have. And it, it leaves them less money to try to go out and get a GOP seat. Um, and there's a place in Indiana, same thing, that's likely Democrat been moved from solid Democrat to likely Democrat. So could it keep shifting? Will people start waking up and seeing what Joe Biden and this administration and the Democratic Party are doing? I think we'll see more and more of these likely Democrats that may even skew over to toss-up. Wouldn't that be something? But it could happen. And we talked about the African-American population voting overwhelmingly for Democrats for all these decades but now more and more uh, black GOP candidates are in the race. Will it cause more uh, black Americans to relook at the GOP? And this is the election year, the election environment that that could happen. One of the interesting places is in the state of Nevada. There's, it says all three Democratic held seats in Nevada have shifted toward Republicans. Now that's hard to believe. And of course, Nevada's a different kind of state it's a huge state with uh, uh, two or three cities two or three major cities so that's where they they got three uh, representatives in the state of Nevada and right now all three of those are starting to lean toward Republican and they're all three Democrats now uh, so so these these are the type of things that this environment is very topsy-turvy and we know it's favoring the GOP now but could it be a transformational election midterm election we we talk about midterm elections that it changes things and we could change the house from uh, leadership from Democrat to Republican even the Senate from Democrat to Republican but could we have a transformational election what what do I mean by that look at your uh, black Americans who are Relooking at the GOP and the Democrats are scared to death that you got people like Herschel Walker. I've mentioned George a while ago. I forgot to tell you, Herschel Walker won the GOP uh, primary for the uh, representing Georgia for the Senate election coming up. But you have more and more African Americans looking, looking at the GOP. And uh, they've been taught, we've talked about it before. We've had some African Americans on this show talking about how they've been taught to hate the Republican Party over the last few decades. So, what would happen if we had more and more black Americans voting Republican? 
Well, you would have fewer Democrats being elected. That's one thing that would happen. Uh, they pointed out there's, uh, talking about in that state of Nevada, where the three seats, they're Democrat now, said the, if there's a GOP wave, this is, let me just quote the article here from Roll Call. In a GOP wave, it's not hard to see Republicans winning all three races. We're talking about Nevada, giving them full control of the House delegation for the first time since the late 1990s when Nevada only had two districts. So uh, that would be the first time ever for three districts. So that that's one of the things that that uh, the the country's really in the Democratic Party. That would be disaster if they lost all three House seats in the state of Nevada. And now this is something again <laughs> that is interesting. Even though Biden would have carried Rhode Island's second district with fifty six percent of the vote in twenty twenty said a combination of political environment, Democratic Representative Jim Langevin, Langevin not seeking re-election, and a strong Republican candidate has created a takeover opportunity. Did you hear what I said? We're talking about the state of Rhode Island. When's the last time you heard of Rhode Island, Rhode Island electing any kind of Republican for, to go to Washington, D.C.? And the Democrats will choose a nominee out of a competitive primary on September 13th. So they got a late primary there in Rhode Island. But the likely GOP nominee, Alan Fung, will continue to ramp up his fundraising and campaign. Said an inexpensive media market will attract plenty of outside spending. And the rating of the race has moved from solid Democrat to likely Democrat. So they're still saying... It's likely going to be Democrat, but you see the ground shifting. Have you ever felt the tremor of an earthquake? Have you ever uh, felt the pounding or vibration? And right now, it may be uh, the Democrat Party may be like those, uh, 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 what the, might be like those uh, wildebeest on a run and then the lions just waiting to catch uh, a weak wildebeest. And, and so, Maybe that's what the strength of the GOP is, is like the, being like a lion looking for the weak of the Democrats and being able, as we get closer to the general election, to look at the weakest Democrats and, and spend money in that district and, and pull in talent in that district and then be able to separate it from likely Democrat to a Republican win. Just the fact that this is happening and that you can feel the vibrations now is given some is given some confidence to the GOP and, and to win in places they have never uh, won have not won in, in a long time. We'll put it that way. So uh, uh, and they mentioned this article from Roll Call uh, a couple more places where the Republicans are very bullish on some races everywhere from uh, you know the Democrat stronghold of Illinois. Uh, looking at places even in Oregon, so there's a, there's some interesting things going on, and that's why I said we will start looking at races more in detail, especially as we get some of these uh, nominees who've won the GOP nomination for their district, 
is we can get them on the show, talk about the things that the Democrats continue just to shoot themselves in the foot on when we're talking about gas prices and what the Biden administration trying to say, oh, we open up leases. Oh, my. They, you know, they do everything to try to window dress when they know in their heart what they've really been doing. They want the gas prices to go up because the all these uh staffers are giddy they want electric cars they want to do away with all gasoline and they are happy that gas is going up uh, but the voters are not and maybe they'll find out in november how many people really still drive uh, gas vehicles and they don't like their uh, they don't like the prices going up so overall that gives you a little inclination of uh, some things that are uh, cooking and like I said, and just let me go back, reiterate. We're talking about California, Colorado, Georgia, Indiana, Nevada, Oregon, Rhode Island, Illinois. These are places Republicans are building some strength that has been dominated by the Democratic Party. Will it turn into victory in these places? Only if the American people get out and seek the truth, show the truth, and maybe these districts will help lead the way to a stronger, freer, vibrant America that does not have Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer trying to make all the decisions that are hurting this country, hurting this economy, hurting you, hurting me. And that's, that's why there's hope in November. So don't give up hope. We've had a Memorial Day to sort of uh, clean our thoughts. So let's get focused on this election this summer and let the drumbeat of freedom pound loud right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Glad you're listening to us. Hey, see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.